0: Welcome to TOSB Conversation Starters, a place where we discuss the latest ideas and insights from our network of experts. In the lead up to the International Women's Day, today we have with us Renu Shah, founder of STEP, a unique incubation program for women entrepreneurs that aims to empower more women to venture into entrepreneurial space. In her own journey as a businesswoman, Renu has experienced firsthand the unique challenges faced by women in the startup space and the power of women-led communities to support and nurture each other's vision and goals. We are so honored to have you here with us today, Renu. Welcome to TSB Conversation Starters.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Shreya and the whole team for having me. It's an honor. It's a pleasure to be back uh, talking to all of you. Um, I'm really looking forward to this podcast.
0: Likewise. So, Renu, uh, tell us about the work that you're doing with STEP. So, you know, how was that conceptualized, conceived? What was the inspiration behind launching an incubation program specifically for early stage women led enterprises?
1: Mm, thank you for asking that, Shreya. It's a very loaded question and multi part question that you have <laughs> asked. So, I'll take some time to answer all of those. First is, uh, let's say, how STEP came about and the inspiration. I think that is pretty much merged with my own journey. And uh, I've been an entrepreneur all my life. I started, uh, I don't know in life any other way. And I started with business and very traditional trading business, um, and I felt all the problems now that we articulate them of gender bias and all the social cultural biases myself. Um, at some point, I had also then quit doing business uh, and I moved into social impact. I started a school for slum kids and stuff like that. And I realized um, that those were the same challenges that I was facing. And uh, but I wasn't equipped to handle those. Even then, I didn't have mentors. I didn't have people to talk to. And being social impact, what really happened was that people really didn't acknowledge what I was doing. OK, mm-hmm. she's doing because she's passionate about it. It is a hobby. However, it is a full time job. And like any other thing, it requires a lot of hard skills and it requires money to do any social impact work. So I really struggled. But however, you know, you just go on with life and things happen and you sail through. Um, And years, almost a decade later, I was just talking to some other women entrepreneurs uh, and uh, who were doing social impact. And I realized at that moment that they were still struggling. They were still facing the challenges that I had faced. And then I started researching the data because I thought the world had really gone far and beyond. Uh, However, to my surprise, it hadn't. And the challenges these women were facing were the challenges that I had faced. And being an entrepreneur, the only thing that I know is to start something. And my intention was to initially bring together all these women entrepreneurs who were in the space to have a community to fall back on each other and to share their early wins and challenges and just be with each other. So this is how we started over a period of time, or rather I would say actually, so it was in 2019, we did our first cohort, and very quickly it became uh, clear to me that the needs were not just a community, but a lot of hard skilling was required. They were kind of um, connections uh, to various kind of service providers or mentors, and all of those things were required. So 2019, we started, for a lot of people, 2020 is an unfortunate year of COVID for us um, uh, work wise i think it was a change because covid really showed the value of the work we were doing so at the time we called ourselves shakti the empathy project our um, our full intention was rooted uh, in, in empathy the work that we were doing uh, around us and for each other for the community and covid Taught us this so well. I I think the whole world can now talk about empathy and how important it is. So uh, while we concluded the cohort, we realized that everybody was struggling and they didn't know what the what is going to happen to their work. So we continued to talk to them. That's the only thing we did, and um, which gave us a lot of um, understanding and power, uh, um, and uh, also you know it made me understand the power of community is really in the right sense. So 2020 was a transformational year for our learnings.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then went into a full uh, incubation slash acceleration uh, program where we started doing learning sessions, mentorship, uh, networking, and all of those. So currently, the way the STEP program is structured, uh, it is it rests on five pillars. Um, the first one being empathy. Second is learning. Third is mentorship. Fourth is uh, uh, networking and uh, role modeling. Fifth. So this is what is the essence of the work that we do. And currently we are the official partners, uh, incubator partners of Startup India Seed Fund Scheme, where we are funding women entrepreneurs in early stages of their businesses as well. Um, Yeah, that's what we do. We have now we have more than 400 plus women who've gone through various programs uh, run by us.
0: This is amazing, Reno, because, you know, we all want to do good work, but to have the courage to start something and then to take it to the level that it is impacting the policies is uh, something that, you know, step has achieved. And it's amazing. So, you know, entrepreneurship isn't for faint hearted and being a woman entrepreneur doesn't make it easy. You've already spoken about uh, how challenging it is for uh, startup women entrepreneurs, but in your experiences what are some of the unique challenges being faced by women-led enterprises and how does your program specifically address these challenges?
1: So I'm going to answer this question uh, more from a women's perspective. So because the entrepreneurs face challenges and those challenges are common. If yeah. you talk about uh, hitting success, uh, the loneliness, resilience, all of those things, um, uh, you know, getting the right uh, product market fit, all of those, those are general challenges that all the entrepreneurs face. And um, and as, as I always say that it is not so much about uh, getting everything right, but it is resilience and persistence which makes an entrepreneur, you know, to just continue. However, you know, from a women's perspective, these challenges become uh, multifold because Um, And, you know, the data will say that so today also there are only 14 percent of the total entrepreneurs are women. So, you know, every time when you read a figure, it has a story. And when you read a story, there is a figure Uh, and and this story itself, this figure itself is telling us a story that why is that happening? And the first one that I would like to address is the social cultural bias. Even now, we have progressed a lot, and if we look at it in in the urban India, that uh, a lot of it, working women seems like a norm. However, women are still facing the same pressure of taking up the whole responsibility of running the household, bringing the children. So by the time they are in their first or the second pregnancy, even from the workforce, we see that a lot of them are leaving because neither is there support in their office environment nor is there support in the home environment. Now let's say, let's just extrapolate this this to uh, entrepreneurship. Women, if you see that, that they want to work in the comfort of their home settings. Now, when, when we talking of women entrepreneurs, we are talking of uh, uh, solopreneurs, mompreneurs, desipreneurs, and um, I would say innovators. So the ones who are working in like really startup mode where they are very um, aggressive and they have a certain structure in which they have to raise money right in the beginning, that percentage, also remains very slow, but today I'm addressing all of them. And most of these women actually fall in the category of solopreneurs or, you know, working out of their home or just a little outside of their home. Up until the moment that they make it a success, they have to answer those questions every day. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing with your time? Where are you? where What happens when the kids come? What happens? You know, so, as much as cliched these uh, comments sound, but these are still uh, very much. A reality and now this is not just a problem with people who are asking the woman entrepreneur these questions these questions are very well ingrained deeply embedded in the entrepreneur's head herself she mm-hmm. thinks that you know that guilt of feeling that uh, uh, women have for everything they've, they have this feeling of guilt that they've not given enough time to the family, enough time to the children. So they they themselves are grappling with this, that, oh, I've got to do this right. I have this much time and in that I want to also do business in that. I want to, you know, now my kids have grown up. I have five hours of time and I want to do, I want to explore something, but this should not uh, n- sort of disbalance anything else that I'm responsible for. So this mindset itself is um, is limiting and I'm not saying it is right or wrong. But uh, this very clear definition of gender roles is somehow limiting now. uh, And the next point that is uh, access to capital now. uh, So we have heard a lot about the biases that the investors have when they're investing in women. actually most recently our minister smriti rani made uh, a very powerful statement that you know there the investors are okay the vcs are okay about uh, male founders failing but they don't want to bet on the women founders however the data is something entirely different that the women actually earn a lot more and you know cumulative 5 years they return 10% more than their male counterparts but no still people who are taking a bet on women uh, is if we look at uh, the debt side of things, um, I'm really glad to say that the government is really cognizant of this and has launched a uh, has has launched schemes where women can go and get the Mudra loan and all of that. But traditionally, if you see, if you go out to get a loan, you don't have a collateral because mm-hmm. the property is in the name of the male family member. So. It is when she goes out to get a loan on her business, then she doesn't have a collateral to keep. Now, a lot of times there is property which is in her name. However, the decision making does not rest in with her. The decision decision making will rest with her husband or father or or someone, uh, maybe even son. Uh, So she is not able to go out and get that loan. Things are shifting. I'm glad to say that things are shifting. Uh, However, we are still a long way off um <clears throat> then the third thing i would say m- mobility and this i have seen in step uh, you know more often than i would like to that when we have events and all of that women are very reluctant to travel and you know they have so many things to arrange and so many permissions to ask for that they'd rather not travel uh, and so that takes away the power of networking from them so in today's day and age, it is so important to network. Not not just networking doesn't mean that you go and say a hello and you meet hundred, but me building meaningful connections is important. And these meaningful connections will happen only if you step out of of the zone that you are in. You will be required to travel. So suppose you're a struggling startup uh, and you just uh, A struggling founder as well and you're in the first year of a business there is no money Uh, the business is not set and then on top of that i have to travel then um, how do i explain that to my family you know so this is something that i've heard so many times that ma'am i can't travel because i don't know how to ask for money And also, you know, my family is saying that your business is not doing well, then where are you going? First, establish a business. However, these are things that happen side by side. And uh, that's why I think uh, it is so important to encourage women to find that, uh, while they have started their business, but also find the courage to go out and travel and meet people, uh, which is going to come handy at some point of their business journeys. Mm, I am not going to talk about gender bias a lot because Mm -hmm. uh, that's something that we all know exists. Uh, we may say and we may like to ignore it or whatever, but it does exist even now when you go out in the market to ask for orders or credits or any of those things. Um, it is more difficult for uh, women to get that uh, in addition to whatever they are already facing. So, um, so you know, that exists. And let's just be cognizant of the fact that it exists. And... Um, Eventually, I would say that, you know, kudos to all the women who have uh, done their bit, who are doing their bit and who are looking forward to uh, being uh, an entrepreneur, because despite all of these, some level of all of these Uh, challenges she would be facing she may not be facing all of them but she would be facing some of them would be facing all of them some of them would be facing one or two but they are all facing some challenges or the other and they have broken that barrier and pushed themselves and they are literally um personification of uh, resilience and persistence who have made it so i would say kudos to them
0: absolutely So, Reno, just taking cue from what you just shared, you know, we know that the term work-life balance has been replaced by work-life harmony and work and personal life is intertwined and especially in the case of entrepreneurs. So, in what ways have you witnessed the positive impact of your program on the lives of women entrepreneurs and if you can share any case studies or success stories with our audience? Mm, Yes, of
1: course, I have so many that I wouldn't know where to start from. And I like the word harmony. I'm glad that, you know, it has come there. Um, However, the challenges, as I mentioned, uh, when we were discussing the previous uh, topic, the challenges of the work-life harmony are, are very, very real. And how we come in is that we provide that comfort, that, you know, so because empathy is at the heart of the work that we are doing, you have to do what you have to do to make your business successful. But this journey is extremely lonely. So we have structured workshops uh, mm-hmm. where we talk about the challenges that women could be facing and we starting from imposter syndrome to uh, uh, to adaptive leadership. Those are the sessions that we conduct for women. But in addition to that, we are also always available to talk to our uh, founders if they are facing something and uh, if they call up uh, even you know, I would say sometimes they even call up at 10 p.m. because that is the time that they find we are available to listen to them. Uh, I think just having a listening ear is very, very important. Sometimes we just can't sh- solve anything, but uh, they can speak their hearts out, not just to us, to the team, but also they have found friends within the community who are facing similar challenges and they bounce off their ideas or personal challenges to each other and how they solve them. So this this is what happens. Uh, In success stories, um, um, let's see, I would like to talk about two success stories. First, I'll talk about um, a company called Presolve 360, Mm -hmm. and the founder's name is Namita Shah, and they're from Mumbai. And what they do, they were part of our 2020 cohort, if I'm correct. Um, Mm -hmm. And they were just starting out at that time. And she became part of our uh, program. And she went through all the sessions and mentorship and all of that. And we remain deeply engaged even now. So you can imagine how powerful this community element is. So what PreSolve does is PreSolve 360 is an online dispute resolution company So and it is making uh, dispute resolutions accessible, affordable and efficient. We keep thinking about all the cases that are in the court and the courts are overworked. So they've just taken that whole thing out of the courts and they're solving some of it and um namita is a very very driven founder and very passionate about what she does but i think she also embodies empathy uh, to the next level i would say and um, they offer arbitration and mediation and so far they have administered over 1.5 lakh disputes so you can imagine and i remember when they had come they were just starting and in these last four years they have uh, administered uh, 1.5 lakh disputes. And this has impacted almost half a million families, because you know that once you go to the court, it it becomes it's a legacy issue. You're going to the court, your children are going to the court, and your grandchildren are going to the court. However, through their work, they have been able to impact these um, more than half a million families. Um, and uh, and currently, what uh, the total, if you look at the dispute the value like the disputed amount that is under their management is has crossed more than a billion dollars so it's for us it's a great uh, moment to, to celebrate when we see entrepreneurs going to that level and this has because, because this has come because of her own persistence and resilience her team but also being engaged in the community what brings me great pleasure is today namita is back to support other entrepreneurs she also sits on our ismc committee uh, screening applications and entrepreneurs who could be funded. So, you know, she's completed a full circle of her journey as an entrepreneur. She understands all parts of it. And when you get supported, I think you're always very excited to support others. So, Namita has shown that how this circle can be completed and how she is doing it very efficiently and very full of warmth and supporting other women. The other case study that I would like to. Um, talk about is uh, is a company called melectronics and it is very interesting to us because they come from a small town in Andhra pradesh um, um, it's a mother and son company so you know uh, if i don't know i'm sure there would be other people who would also come in and support them but in our case what happened was uh, the mother just speaks telugu and they are from rural background and she is a farmer So basically what they do is, uh, and the son, son is a techie and he's a graduate and so together he realized that the problems that the mother was facing in the aquatic farm. So, you know, they do shrimp farming and all of those things. And in that, the problem was that uh, they would feed the shrimp whenever. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it is very important to manage the pH, the dissolved oxygen level, the temperature of the uh, farm. And uh, so for this, the son has built an IoT device. So it's a great uh, thing for us when we meet the mother and son. The mother is the farmer who knows the problems, who's not just worked on her farm, she's aware of the farms around her. And the son brought in the technical solution and together they are trying to now change the lives, not just of their own farms, but of other smallholder farmers in that area doing shrimp and uh, fish aquatic uh, farming. So uh, with the money or the grant that we gave them, uh, they have been able to complete uh, building the products, the tech products. So uh, that's where they are. And they are going out in the market in July. And they are now looking at market linkages. And we are introducing them to various companies um, and other people, mentors. So, you know, we really heavily um believe in mentorship uh, and so we connect all of these um, entrepreneurs to mentors to not just one mentor but various mentors depending on, on their need of the moment so there will be a long-term mentor there'll be some short-term le- mentors who will come and support them on various uh, challenges or strategies that they are looking at product is just one part of it uh, the go-to-market strategy and um, finding market linkages then understanding taxes, uh, legal compliances. So we bring in this whole gamut of things uh, that an entrepreneur would require. So these these are the two that I'm I would like to talk about. But you know that each one is unique, and there are so many that then we would end up spending days talking about all the entrepreneurs.
0: That's great. Our best wishes to these two women and all the other women entrepreneurs that you've been nurturing, and you know Renu, I've. Closely uh, seen Steps journey over the last few years and the incredible work that is being done for women entrepreneurs. But I loved the next level that you created. You know, you went ahead and created a community of women investors. And while you spoke about that to me, I would really uh, want you to share this with our listeners also, that what was the rationale behind creating that community? Because that, that idea itself is beautiful. And how important is community building in supporting women entrepreneurs?
1: Share, thank you for acknowledging it. And I know you've been our early champions on this. So it's been wonderful. Yes, you know, the thing is, uh, I feel that the work that women do. So for example, when, you know, when we're talking about investing in women, we realize that the people on the table who are deciding the investment are all men. Now I go there and I talk talk about breast pumps or I talk about some other uh, maternity wear. It is something that nobody on the table actually relates to. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you don't relate to the product, if you don't relate to the pain point, then you don't think that this is, This is a great product. You have to be able to uh, relate to the product. So things are again changing. And there are a lot of these products that women are building. Now, uh, most recently, I will tell you that a woman that we have uh, an entrepreneur uh, we've invested in, she's doing some cure for curly hair, curly hair product. Now, this is such a women's thing you know and how much women struggle uh, with their hair that, that is something only women understand right so if yeah. i'm going to pitch that uh, people may just find it very flimsy but this uh, entrepreneur has done uh, 1 cr of revenue in her first year so there is something there is a market for this there are all traditional big companies but she found this as a pain point and she's addressing it ivf You know, women don't go out of their houses to talk about this is a cultural taboo. This is a a topic that women don't want to address. And here are entrepreneurs who are talking about it. So being women, it becomes very comfortable also in terms of the work that you are doing. However, now we also need investment. While again, like I'm saying, there is a lot of hala around all of it, and people are talking about investing in um, all these products and all these um, uh, founders, but it is not happening so much. So what we need to do is to bring in more investors. And these investors have to be women who will relate Uh, to the problems that are being addressed. And I tell you, Shreya, that when we are sitting on the ISMC, we have both men and women to bring balance of opinion um, on the committee when we are assessing these. But I see the shift when there are more men and when there are more more women on on a certain panel. So I think uh, the the most healthy panel is where we have 50% men and 50% women. So you have both kinds of opinions on that. And so that's how it started. It did not really. This is not something that I'd really planned and uh, or I was going to do. But you know, it it actually started from that space, and we were doing it informally. But uh, starting this year, um, I think in April, we are launching it formally as Step Angels. So that's where we are.
0: Great, and. Um, I think you are also bringing a change on the other side of the table. I mean, I don't know what is the percentage, what is the data for women investors in our country. So I think it is such an empowering thought that, you know, we are asking women to be the investors and the decision makers. So I'm sure they also feel uh, very good about it and very strong about it.
1: Yes, you know, especially this year, there are three kinds of investors, I feel. One is uh, a woman who's in the corporate And um, and in a fairly senior role, um, mid-managed to, you know, in the C-suite or whatever. So they have disposable income. They also are in charge of their money. They are investing. So my assumption is that most of them would be investing in the secondary markets. It is time. And they also want to dabble. And uh, so it just, it's a win-win situation for everyone that, and they are the decision makers of their money. So they would be able to invest. The second are entrepreneurs themselves who've made it, who have that surplus money. Those are the, that's the another category of women who want to invest in women. And like, I can tell you that 100% of the times I hear this from the women entrepreneurs that uh, look, I want to mentor somebody. If there's somebody who's facing a channel, challenge in this category that I have done, please bring them to me. I would be more than happy to help. But And also they're very then open to investing in women-led businesses. They understand the challenges. And the third category is of the inheritors, the family wealth. In that also, we are seeing that uh, they have some control uh, over the money that they have um, you know they, at their level and they are willing to invest so they are willing to take their chances and um, and you know when i say inheritors uh, these are women either they are already married and some of those de- divorced women also who inherit or who get money you know so so it's a combination for of everyone so they, so these are the women who are building um this community of investors or are a part of the community of investors and it's not just us there are some people who are way ahead of us in this journey and who are doing it in a big way but we just felt this as a need within our own community and we're doing it
0: great so reno while we've been talking about women entrepreneurs and women investors but we know that entrepreneurship actually is a mindset You know, organizations these days want to recruit more and more, uh, you know, employees with an entrepreneurial mindset or there is a new term called intrapreneurs these days. So how do you think organizations can benefit from fostering an entrepreneurial spirit in their workforce, especially amongst women? I think uh,
1: this is uh, a great thing because the moment you become an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur, who is an entrepreneur? Entrepreneur is somebody who's working in a certain environment and yet chooses the entrepreneurial way of doing things. So they would create things within their own organizations. Um, so there are two things that are happening that everybody wants to recruit an entrepreneurial mindset because from being an observer or a creator or being stuck in a problem, you suddenly become a problem solver. Now, that is something that everybody wants, whether uh, whatever your work settings are, everybody is looking for that mindset that how do you solve this problem? So that's that's why people are looking for entrepreneurial mindset. And there's another thing that is happening is that within the corporate houses, uh, they have become flexible and they are allowing uh, startups to mushroom from there, they provide that environment uh, so that uh, people can work on their ideas, which are aligned to the work that the company does. The, uh, you know, so and so smaller uh, arms are emerging from uh, the, the corporates also. So these are the two things that are happening. Now, why is it important for women? Women and how you know they can add more values. I think women are problem solvers by nature every day of their lives they are solving problems however they have been portrayed to think that they are basically consuming information or consuming um, decision making that is done by their male counterparts within the family or in the offices Uh, but if you just go very uh, close to the lives that they lead even a homemaker you will see that she is a problem solver more than uh, that so if they are given that opportunity i'm telling you this problem one one biggest problem that our country is facing is that there are not enough number of women uh, in the workforce allow give that space to women to solve this problem they will know better than anyone and probably i feel that this can bring a shift in uh, how that culture will look like because they know how to address it. I'll tell you one more thing that women have a propensity of hiring more women. Like my team is full women team. So uh, this actually just solves the problem when we say that there are not enough women in workforce. But what did I have to do to get a full women's highly dedicated and motivated team? Is I had to work around their timings. So we don't look at, you working for 8 hours or 10 hours but these are your deliverables these are the timelines and it has to be delivered and that's how so you know this has this has brought magic in step Everybody is looking to work at instep uh, because of the flexible timings that they have work from home, the comfort of the comfort is not that you have a comfort of sitting at home and not uh, traveling to an office, but the comfort is that you are able to manage your home while you are working. So that is what the comfort is. Uh, And it looks this comfort looks very different from for men and very different for women. So the women actually are have additional pressure of uh, doing the household work along with their uh, office work. But nevertheless, it is working out for them. So I would say let them solve the problems. And when women come to work, they bring in more stability. They don't change jobs. Uh, very quickly and I can I think all of us here can talk about it that once they come into a job money is not the only motivation for them for them is oh is this place close to my house oh does it work for with my children's school timings so they will let go of a certain job which is paying slightly higher because this is working for their own set of things so a lot of things can be solved if women become um, women brainstorm and find the solutions to the problems that they They are facing at workplace and they will come up with beautiful ideas which can be implemented and scaled across the sectors so i think this is what my take is on this issue
0: i totally agree with you because you know even if i don't start with that mindset or the bias I would say I end up recruiting women on my team Mm -hmm. and you're so right that you know the bias or the challenges that uh, people generally quote uh, for hiring women I have never had to face any in fact uh, you're right that in terms of dedication sincerity stickiness and uh, you know just uh, empathy uh, I find uh, women faring better than men so you absolutely I'm in complete agreement with what you shared just now. So, uh, Renu, going back to the, uh, you know, your first love, that is social entrepreneurship, what advice would you give to women who are um, considering starting their own social enterprise? So uh, I'll
1: keep it nice and crisp because uh, this is a topic which is so close to my heart and I can talk for hours on this. The first thing is that we start out of passion and, uh, uh, while we start out of passion, skills are very important. So I would just advise everyone to go and get themselves skilled. If I don't know how accounts look like uh, or if I don't know what legal compliances look like, if I don't understand the word product market fit, if I don't understand, um, yeah, I don't know how to build a uh, go-to-market strategy. These are things that I need to learn. I have to learn, there is no choice. So learning is extremely important. Passion is great to start with uh, and resilience and perseverance is something I'm not gonna talk about because that is an underlying factor to be an entrepreneur, but go learn, go get yourself skilled. I have done this, I have done this through and through and each day I'm learning, I sign up for classes till date. I have mentors who have taught me so much that I'm so indebted to them. Uh, The second thing I want to say is that there is no right time to start. If we think that there is going to be a right time in our lives to get started, so the harsh reality is that there is no right time. So just don't wait for anyone, don't wait for anything. And now, right now is the right time, get started. Uh, preparation is important, but you can prepare for the rest of your life. And there is, again, no end to prepare, preparation. You you will learn something today and tomorrow you learn something more and then you will learn something more. And you will never feel ready to get started. So while you are preparing, uh, please don't be compelled by yourself to be fully prepared and ready to launch because there is nothing like that you will always have to prepare you will always have to learn uh, learn so just just start and preparation is is relative it will continue to happen uh, the next point that i want to make is that embrace mistakes women are very harsh to themselves they think that whatever they are doing it should be perfect there should be no room for mistakes i have learned this the hard way that mistakes are a part of life some things will work and some things will not but please don't be um so harsh to yourself so so rigid in the way you think and just embrace the mistakes and just see what you're learning from those mistakes and move on. And you will make mistakes. If you're not making mistakes, then you're definitely doing something wrong. And please, please be have a large heart and forgive yourself for all the mistakes uh, that you're making. And uh, next thing is we are also very hesitant to ask for help. So please uh, go out and ask for help. Uh, you can just reach out to people like Shreya, Shreya's team, to me, my team, anywhere on LinkedIn, uh, anyone, you know, in your family circles, just don't hesitate. Men don't know it all. Remember, they don't know it all. They just are more confident and they reach out to people more uh, and they ask for help as much as we can. So please go out and ask for help. And finally, I would very, very strongly say network, network and network
0: amazing uh, you know i'm just going to ask one bonus question the current trend in the country is shark tank so i'm just curious are any of your businesses pitching have pitched in the shark tank india edition uh,
1: this is interesting and i think <laughs> i like this. i love this whole shark tank air because what has happened is that now it has become a household thing Um, One niece came and asked me, you know, that she was doing a project in school and somebody was doing the designs, she was doing the sales. And then uh, she wanted to know what is the revenue, how will they, they generate the revenue? And then she came and asked me a very interesting question. And she said, she said, well, how do we value that company? I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> so First of all, thanks to the Shark Tank uh, environment and what it has done uh, to our country. And I'm just amazed and thankful to Sony and everyone who's involved with that. Uh, Yes, uh, we have entrepreneurs who have pitched, but uh, unfortunately what is happening now at Shark Tank is that all the entrepreneurs who are coming and pitching at Shark Tank are very advanced stages as compared to our entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So uh, we've had two entrepreneurs who have gone and pitched at the Shark Tank, but they were extremely early stage. Uh, If you now closely see that they're Talking the revenue that they're talking is in multiple of crores, which is where our startups are not there as of now, uh, maybe a few years later and being social impact, you know, is a slightly longer journey, but we're hoping that uh, some of them will show up at the shock tank in the future. So, yeah, that's my answer.
0: Our best wishes for that. And we look forward to uh, seeing more and more women entrepreneurs thriving um, through your program, through your network. So thank you, Renu. I think this conversation was a full masterclass for women entrepreneurs. More power to you and your tribe. If you would like to invite Renu to your organization to instill the spirit of entrepreneurship in your workforce, or if you are an aspiring woman entrepreneur or an investor and would like to know more about STEP and its offerings, please reach out to the Outstanding Speakers Bureau. We'll be back with another interesting, unique conversation in our IWD edition. Till then, this is your host, Shreya, signing off.